All right. Welcome to episode 67 of KT Confidential. I'm Ariel Cremendi. He's Adrian Trott. And we got a few saving tips today. We're going to talk about RSPs because Adrian the other day mentioned that he does not invest in RSPs and he despises them. Hold that thought. We're going to talk about it. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Today I went, I'm trying to get back on track ever since falling off the wagon. I've been struggling to get back on track. So today. Or falling out of the X5, one of the or two. Or falling out of the <laughs> X5. That would have been uh, interesting. Um, today I had uh, like a mucilex with a mucilex. What's it called? Mucilex? Mucilex? Sure. Yeah. Mucilex. Mucilex. With um, some plain organic yogurt. Mm-hmm. And half a banana diced up and a little blob of peanut butter. It was good. And then I went snowboarding for an hour and a half. Nice. And I've got windburn. I was going to ask you, why are you so red? Yeah. It was a bit cooler today. But it was fun. I hit the I hit put the any park. seeds on your peanut butter or your banana or your no, or I didn't. I do have some. Like chia seeds, chia hemp seeds, seeds and hemp and all that stuff. Yeah. Pumpkin. I do have that stuff, but I generally don't. Salads. I put it in salads a lot. Hmm. I see. Yeah. What'd you have? Uh, well, I had some errands to do this morning. Some running around after uh, walking the dog, which is my normal routine, as you know. Uh, I had to drop some stuff off at uh, Canada Post. And I so I didn't get a breakfast this morning at home. So I grabbed a bagel. Uh, Tim Hortons. I don't. I don't like their bagels. They never toast anything properly. I don't know. You like it double toasted? Get it double toasted. I guess so. You like it a little bit more crispy? Is that what you're saying? Well, if you ask for it toasted, it's just warm. It's not toasted. Right, that's why you ask for it double toasted. Okay. Well, and I've they never put done it through, that. They put it through twice. Got it. But I got the uh, twelve grain bagel toasted, just regular toasted with half butter. Uh, tomato and cream cheese. Is butter really bad for you? No. Because I really like butter. You know what? Uh, everybody thinks coconut oil is the end all be all now. Right. And fucking it's just cook, a fad. Cook with coconut oil, use it on everything, uh, swoosh it around in your mouth for half an hour and whiten your teeth, blah, 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 blah. Coconut oil, if you read the um, the label, it has a super high amount of saturated fat. Interesting. One tablespoon, and I and I looked at this yesterday because I ran out of um, olive oil at home, and Natalie says, well, use the coconut oil. I said to her, you know, do you know how much saturated fat is in coconut oil? So I pulled out, we have a, a liquid coconut oil uh, that we use in the pans for, you know, whatever. And it was something like 85% of your daily intake of saturated fat, the daily value. Yes. 85% in one tablespoon of this coconut oil. So do you know oil. how that would compare to, say, olive oil? Well, olive oil doesn't have any saturated fat. Okay. So at least most of them I don't think do. What we is can canola oil? I've always wondered that vegetable oil comes from vegetables. Olive oil comes from olives. What's a canola? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's a cannoli? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's vegetable oil. 
Okay. Uh, but it's uh, derived from the uh, rapeseed. Rapeseed? Yes. Interesting. Okay. That's, uh, that's canola. Okay. I guess it's better than rape oil. That's <laughs> yeah. probably why they went that route. Right. Could offer that in our uh, hot rub sessions. Yes. For those of you who've been following our stories in the last 24 uh, hours. Hot rubs this Sunday, 2 to 5, 85 Dewar Court. Oh, actually, this po- podcast was posted a day late. <laughs> so sorry, you're going to you miss that. You missed out on the hot rubs. <laughs> uh, so I'm just searching it here, uh, saturated fats. Well, but anyways, yeah. uh, just to... Butter is not that bad for you. Butter is fucking delicious, okay? Yes. Put it in your food. That's why I was surprised you got half butter. That's the whole reason I got onto this topic. Well, I just don't like too much butter on my bagel. Okay. Like some people like a soaked bagel, right? Like just soak it in uh, salty butter, double toasted. Um, I just don't like it. Yeah, right. But when I'm cooking, it's a whole other story. Mm -hmm. My grilled cheese... Speaking of which, coconut oil will completely change the taste of what you're cooking, too. Can. Especially rice. Rice with coconut oil is really good. Listen, I want to get back to my snowboarding for a second. I went uh, to the terrain park today for the first time ever. And I went on the boxes. Successfully. It was a beginner's terrain park. But it was a terrain park, nevertheless. I, I saw somebody posted that, uh, that the kids were trying it out and yeah, Tessa loves it. Yeah. 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 She's the thing with kids is they have zero fear. So they will do whatever they want and very quickly exceed the ability of their parents. What are you looking for? One tablespoon of olive oil. Now, I don't know what kind of olive oil this is because the type that you Good buy... Good for you, Adrian. I can't believe you went to the train park. I'm so proud of you. have different levels of what kind of fats, but it says one tablespoon is 14% of your daily intake. For olive oil? And olive oil is 85% um, for coconut What kind fat. of... Just regular oil. olive oil? Extra virgin. You don't cook with that, do you? No, extra I mean, virgin depends on... you got in the... Cupboard, I Depends suppose. Depends on what you like the, the taste of. I don't use olive oil for cooking. I use grapeseed oil. Yes, I started that too. Um, because olive oil has um, a very low um, temperature. Smoke uh, point uh, smoking point for its uh, temperature. So if you're putting it in a pan, it's, it's going to burn or taste like crap uh, very quickly, actually. That's mm-hmm. a mistake a lot of people, people make. Um, I use it in marinades. I use it on salads, salad dressings. Um, Natalie does use it in the pan if she's warming something up for the boys. But anyway, let's, congratulations let's on your snowboarding. Oh, thank you. Thank and, you so much. Uh, glad you had some fun this morning. I'm glad that uh, you're getting out and, and being active and taking some time for yourself. Has my, my rack grown on you yet? No. Okay. No. I think Iraq is pretty big. It is. I'm just looking at it right now. We're referring. What did I say it to the other day. Uh, I said every time I'm, I see it, or every time I come home and you're in the driveway, uh, I think there's like a Domino's uh, delivery car parked in the driveway. It's <laughs> funny right? for people that don't know so what we're talking about. I've got a roof rack on my car, which is a sedan, and it has a 
snowboard accessory on top. So it stands out quite tall. I think it looks good. I think it's, I don't know. I think. You think it looks good? I actually think it looks good. I, yeah, when it I, really added the appeal to your. I know it seems odd, but I think when cars have roof racks, I think it's a good look. I do. Something, I don't know what it is. I think it's weird. Well, it I'll take stupid. it off in the summer because I can't and, open the sunroof with it on. And it but. will destroy your fuel mileage. Oh, for the five kilometers a day I drive? Well, I don't know. You're driving to Mississauga today. Yeah, but I don't drive a whole lot. But nevertheless. All right, so today... Uh, Let's come to a good time, this conversation. Because yeah. last night I was chatting with a friend and we were on the topic of how... People can't afford houses and how some parents are saying, some adults now are saying they have mortgages that are higher than they've ever had because they've had to pull money out of their equity to give to their kids in order to afford a house. Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of parental gifting. Yeah. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I for sure will do it with with my children. I know that. I will uh, help them to purchase their their first home, assuming that they are able to carry it afterwards themselves. But um, I don't know how I feel about it. I haven't really thought about it. Well, you're going to have to. Otherwise, they're going to move so far away that you're never going to see them. True. Uh, and so we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing a lot of debt, right? Like a lot of debt. And it's not only the mortgages, but now you couple it with the high price of automobiles, um, high price of pretty much everything in life now is expensive, right? Like clothing, fuel, uh, food. Like Food's expensive. My it's God, unbelievable. We went to, uh, so we really like shopping at Whole Foods um, because, you know, we, we buy everything fresh, organic, and um, we feel that's the only place we can go and get most of our stuff in one spot. I'm not a coupon shopper. I'm not driving around to multiple places to pick things up. We do order from Amazon and Walmart um, for delivery purposes and it gets delivered to the door. And those are pretty cost effective. But um, 500 bucks easily at Whole Foods. Gone. I haven't done my budget this year, so I haven't seen how much we're spending on groceries. Gone. Well, we're, we're easily, and and I, it's funny, I asked one of your clients that I showed uh, property to, and uh, they also have twins. And uh, we were talking about what we spend in groceries. And I mean, my boys, who are turning three soon, uh, they're, they eat more than I do. It's crazy how mm-hmm. much they eat. Um we're spending roughly $1,500 to $2,000 a month in groceries and food. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I say that. I don't know what my number is. I'll yeah. have to find out. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and, and I end up going to Sobeys all the time to pick up this, that, whatever. And even if you're going to pick up eggs, milk, bread, bananas, like the essentials that you always have in stock, or at least we do. You know, you're 50, 60 bucks right there. You didn't even buy shit, right? Yeah. And then you want some some chicken wings. Like each of my boys eats a pound of chicken wings almost. So there's four pounds of chicken wings, pound of organic chicken wings. Now you're talking about 12 bucks. So there's 50 bucks just on the wings. 
I usually make some sweet potato. You get three big sweet potatoes. There's six bucks, seven bucks easily. Um, you know, you make a little salad or something. There's another seven bucks. So you're talking $80 to just go and buy all that stuff to make it at home. You might as well eat out. For one meal. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. You're just not getting that quality. Right. And we always get a little bit of leftovers, so we try and... I think that's the trick, is if you're making something, you have to make a bigger quantity. Right. And then it cuts your cost down. That's why Costco is great, right? Of course. Go and load up. Yeah. So why I wanted to talk about RSPs specifically... Does that sound weird? <laughs> sound R- very weird. RSPs. 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 Yes. Registered retirement savings plans. Um, well, because end of February is the um, cutoff. The cutoff. For 2019 for your contributions. 2019 contributions. And I don't know why we were talking about this yesterday or the day before. But you and I had an off-camera discussion about the fact that you hate RRSPs. Oh, I asked you if you contributed or if you did any spousal contributions. Right. Because your wife doesn't, quote-unquote, work. Right. Um, She's not producing her own income. Um, You have the ability of um, giving her a contribution under her name, but you taking the tax benefit and then her um, RRSPs can be um, withdrawn at her tax rate. So you actually save quite a bit of money, very legit way of um, saving some money on, on taxes that you're going to pay on your income. Right. So that's how that conversation I believe started uh, because we just finished all of our expenses and blah, blah, blah. So, you brought up the point that you don't have RSP. You have, well, you have some from years ago. Yes. But you're not contributing anymore. You hate the idea of RSPs. You can't stand them. Let's talk about that. Well, I just see other, a lot of, I mean, to each their own. And there are a lot of avenues to invest your money. Um, I, you know, when I see how my RSPs have done and uh, I'm, you know, mine are just sitting in a, in a fund that's taking care of itself. So I don't really follow it or pay a whole lot of attention to it. I'm not really that smart when it comes to the investing into stocks and stuff like that. So I need to better educate myself. But where, you know, the area that I am more confident and comfortable obviously is in our industry with real estate. So if we see an opportunity in here, uh, whether it be investing in our business or investing in real estate and buying something, buying a house or whatever, um, I see that as a better avenue for me because, um, I don't know, I'm just, I'm obviously more comfortable with it and I'm immersed in the industry. So that perhaps that's one of the big things. Uh, that I, I think of. See, a lot of people would probably say that you're foolish and, you know, because of how successful we've become, um, I have a lot of my network of people I know that are in the financial industry that are just dying to sit down with me and come up with this beautiful plan that they're going to make that'll make me rich or a millionaire or retire well and blah, 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 blah. Okay. I get it. You specialize in that area and you want to help me. And, um, 
obviously you'll earn a, a commission on that and that's how you earn your living. I get it. Thank you. But real estate is our forte and we know how to make money in real estate right. and real estate historically has the best return on your investment. But there are people that will say you're nuts because it's free money, right? So if you're taxed at 47, 48% of your income, every $10,000 that you contribute uh, to your RSPs, you're actually saving 4,800 bucks. So your your $10,000 really only cost you 5,200 bucks. Right. Um, and then invested properly, um, or at least where people will tell you is proper, um, over time, you hope that that money appreciates in value. But let's just put this into perspective a little bit, okay? And and I do have RSPs. I do contribute to RSPs, but very little. Um, it's just something I've done since I was 21. And I like that consistency. Um, uh, I like having a diversified portfolio. So what I have, and I don't know if we've chatted about this, but... Um, Self-directed RRSPs. Yeah, we have. Yeah. So I have self-directed accounts. And anytime I want to contribute to the RSPs, I put the money in that account. And it's it's a trading account, so I can buy stocks with it. And I buy stocks that I want to hold for a longer period of time. Because to me, that's a solid investment. If I know that I like a stock and I'm going to ride it out with them until they're very successful or that they just have consistent appreciation over the years. Um, I don't know anything about a lot of these mutual funds and, and stuff like that. And, and the stories that I hear and read, especially through the big financial institutions, you know, there's a lot of fees that are involved with it. And, and, you know, there's, there's so many stocks that go into some of these funds that, you might not have any idea or want to investigate or want to spend that time. So I've contributed to the self-directed RSPs and uh, purchased a lot of Facebook stocks. They've done really, really well. Um, I haven't touched it. But let's just do some simple breakdown. Let's just say somebody's been very diligent because people say that you should pay yourself first, right? Right. You've heard that. Of course. Everybody's heard that. Pay yourself first. That's the best way to save. Sure, fine, whatever. Pay yourself first. How much? 10%? Is that the rule of thumb? I think as a minimum. Right. But rule I, of thumb, sure. Yeah. I think I think that's what is being taught. There are some people out there that will say match what you pay the government. If you're willing to pay the government 30%, pay yourself 30%. Yeah, not with most mortgages. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> not these not these days, buddy. Um, so let's just say 10%. Family household income is about $130,000 now in, um, in Milton. That might be a little high, actually. On that. High, yeah. um, but let's just say 130. Okay. So $13,000. Fine. I'll round down just to keep numbers easy. $100,000 family household income, $10,000 is your um, savings. And let's say you put it into RSPs. Let's say your tax rate is 
forty percent. I don't know what what is it's it probably around there. Maybe a bit less. Less, a little bit less. But let's just say forty percent. Um, so you put in ten thousand dollars. You're going to pay four thousand dollars less in taxes that year. So that ten thousand bucks only cost you really six thousand, right? You're up four grand. So the return on that investment uh, as a percentage is how much? Forty percent. Uh, well, no, it, your you cost say? is six thousand, and you oh, made four thousand on it. Sorry, right? So uh, that's like eighty percent. Anyway, whatever. That's seventy. Um, is it bugging you now? What? You want the exact number? No, no, no. <laughs> it's it's very simple math. Like it costs you six thousand bucks to get your ten grand right in there. Um, if you look at it that way, right? Mm -hmm. You saved four four thousand dollars. Let's just say, being on the aggressive side that that earns 8% per year? I don't think anyone's making 8%. Well, that's why I said aggressive. I think it's half of that. My RSPs are averaging about 13, 14%. Right, but you're in stocks. Most people aren't doing that. I'm in stocks. I have some GICs. I have some RS or uh, mutual funds. So I'm taking the whole average. Average over everything. I think if I were to look up the average right now, you can go ahead with your number. I'm just curious now. Well, there are some mutual funds. It depends on 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 the year, right? I've got some mutual funds with um, uh, RBC. You know, um, resources, mm -hmm. certain resources uh, funds, um, different balanced funds will give you some higher percentages some years. So if you think I'm high at 8%, what what number you want to use? 5%? I don't care. No, you can use 8. Whatever. <laughs> Did you just do your research? Yeah. Well, the <laughs> what last year was study? high. Last year it said 9.7. The 20-year average is 6. 5.98. 20-year right. average is 6? Yeah. Well, there's a... There's real simple math because the 20, what's the 20 year average on real estate? It's above eight. Right. Average. The big so thing with 2% better. Yeah. But so let's just say it's 8%. Okay. Um, your 10,000 10, bucks now is 10,800 at the end of the year. Now that 10,800 is getting compounded, right? You're getting that interest on that 800 as well. And it's accumulating. So in they say every 10 years, your money should double. 10 years? You want me to wait 10 years for that 10 grand to double? Okay. Mm -hmm. So now let's say you invest 10, 10 grand every year. So it's going to take you 10 years to make 100 grand because you're going to put 100 grand in. And if 10 years, if it doubles, you get your 100 grand. Right. Although, actually, if you break down that number uh, as it compounds, it won't double in 10 years. It'll take longer because you're investing 10% every year. Do you want to share with the world our purchase on Broussard? 
we purchased a townhouse in, we closed in August, paid $645,000 for it. I believe it was, if yes. that's the correct number. Yeah. Here in Milton. And uh, we chose to rent it out. Uh, so that's what we're doing. Uh, the rent covers um, all the expenses. Yep. Um, we're actually, actually we're actually cash flow positive. So just on uh, the math on that, I did uh, back then taking all our expenses into account, and just the money being paid on on the mortgage works out to be six percent. So that's really good, let alone appreciation. But now, let's say we were to sell that house, August about eight months later. Eight months? What are you talking about? September, October, November, December, January, February, six. If we were to sell that now. We would probably sell it for at seven fifty. Yep. Would you say? Yep. Seven. We'd get seven fifty for it all day long. So you back at all our expenses. Let's say there's twenty five thousand in expenses. Oh, it won't even be close to that. Well, after well, paying real estate paying, costs, lawyer yes. fees, okay. breaking the yep. mortgage. Yep. Seventy five thousand in six months. Yep. So. That was a good investment, but I do believe you need to, to now, diversify. Now, that was a good investment, but it won't always be a good investment, right? Because right. if you bought it in 2017 at the peak, you're just starting to come uh, out even now in 2020. Correct. So it took three years just to stay even because in 2017, 2018, we saw a dip in the prices, started coming back up last year. Now this year, things have gone a little bit crazy again. Um, but not crazy. I think it's back to reality because this is, this is what the values are. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're going to see any kind of dips. So it's going to go up this year, even oh, more so because of they've, uh, they've just announced they're reducing the yeah. uh, requirements for the mortgage approvals yeah. for the stress test. Reducing requirements. Uh, uh, Bank of Canada is going to lower the, uh, the rate and mortgage uh, providers are going to follow suit to uh, lower their rates. Um, so we will see lower rates this year. The demand is super high. You know, you got all kinds of um, immigration and, and, and people that are um, moving to the GTA now. Uh, like, did you hear about this new tech boom in Toronto? Yes. Like so many businesses now investing hundreds of millions of dollars to move their businesses and, and grow their companies in the GTA. Uh, so we're going to see an influx. Anyways, off, off topic a little bit. Um, why, what, what are you doing with your money other than real estate? You hate RSPs. You're not investing in RSPs. I think people well, are going to tell you you're stupid because you're think giving away free money. Us, What's your money doing for you? There's, I think a big thing for us is reinvesting it into our business. Uh, for one, because this is an investment for us. So injecting money into our business enables us to grow. And I think this business for us is probably one of the most lucrative ways to do it. And we'll get the best return long. long okay, run. but let's talk about the average person that doesn't have a multi-million dollar uh, company, uh, that they have a job with an employer 
or maybe they have a small startup business, or they are an entrepreneur, they are are a, a business owner. What I but think on most people scale. need to do is, and and this goes back to everybody saying, "Oh, it's so hard to get into the real estate market." If you don't have money invested in the real estate market, I think it's essential because if you don't do it now, you'll never be able to afford to. Um, so I think people need to stop thinking, "Oh, I need a certain type of house for myself." I think people should just go rent a house and buy something very affordable, even if it's an hour away, buy something affordable further away. Just get into the market. Get into the market okay. and rent so, out that property. Now, do you think first-time homebuyers should have RSPs that they're using towards their down payment? Yeah, for sure. I did it. My first house. I took an RSP loan. I can't remember for how much it was like. 15 or got to be real careful if you're doing that RSP loan, because that's now a, a servicing debt um, or a debt that you're servicing on your, yeah, on your that's income. Why I, I took a smaller amount. So I took 15,000 and I planned it accordingly. So I knew when I was going to uh, move. So I took right. a, the If you loan, do it a year out. That's basically what I did. So I took it yep. a year out. I paid it off over the course of the year. I did that too. Forced savings. Yes. It's a great plan. Because you can actually take an RSP loan. Most of them you have to pay back in 12 months. Um, you take an RSP loan. You put the money, uh, one lump sum, into an RSP. You play it safe. Maybe a, a fixed uh, GIC that returns maybe now 2.5%. Um, so your peace of mind that that's going to be your deposit or your down payment on your home or a portion of it. Mm -hmm. Um so that loan usually is at pretty low rates. Like you can get an RSP loan probably around, I don't know, 5%. Yeah. So going back to the whole income tax savings, you take a $10,000 RSP loan and you're paying $800, $850 a month for that loan. You're, you're forcing yourself to save that, number one. Number two, you're saving all that money on your income taxes so it's it's an immediate return on your investment yeah i remember it very clearly i put in 15 and i got about six back on my taxes something like that so i put i think then i took that and put that into my rsps as well yep um, or use it as your deposit on on the house right. that you're going to purchase yeah. and then a year out you're going to take that out and and use it and if you're buying it with um, a significant other then um, if they're doing the same thing, that can make a big, big step in the contribution. And if you have money being gifted to you from a parent, it's also a great idea to put that into an RSP first, uh, get that tax advantage, mm -hmm. and um, and then use the uh, RSP plan. Well, the big thing with RSPs now, if if people listening, if you or someone you know is going through a divorce, a separation, a marital a marital breakdown, they now qualify as first time home buyers for the home buyer plan, and they can withdraw up to what's it up to now thirty thirty thousand. Yeah, they can withdraw up to thirty thousand dollars to use as a down payment to buy a house, tax free, interest free for fifteen years. There's a lot of great programs. Um, to help first-time home buyers for sure. So, is that the only time you would recommend an RSP? 
Um, I'm not a financial advisor, so I would be hesitant to say too much about it. But I think it's good to diversify, even for us. Like, you know, for me, I'm very comfortable with real estate. So I would invest in real estate. I would invest in our business, which is, you know, indirectly well, real estate so related. In, in, so it's good to diversify. So having RSPs as well. So even not a bad diversification idea. for us uh, in 2019 came from the way of starting a new company. It's not really diversifying because it's, it's still real estate. But it is because we're not buying or selling real estate. Right. We're now managing real estate and actually have um, um, income. Right. But if the real estate market crashes, completely people are crashes, still going to be renting those properties. Investors will, will reconsider doing it on their own. I don't think so. 100%. I don't think so. They will. I don't think so. That's what happens and, and if the industry crashes. You will, you would see a change. One hundred percent, there would be a fluctuation for sure. Well, there'd be a fluctuation in everything we do because that's part of the the nature of the the business. However, to put, well, what would you define as a crash? Was twenty seventeen a crash? We had our best year I can't remember in twenty seventeen the... when 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 the crash happened. We were still stupid busy. Oh, I know all year. So what 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 well, defines the, a crash? Well, is the real estate by, market going to crash? By definition, I don't see it's any crash like coming. A, I can't remember soon. what the number is. It's something ridiculous. Such as a very very small number. Something like five percent. Who comes up with that shit? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's all just. Numbers and media and Smoking scare mirrors, tactics. Exactly. And, it's all uh, media-driven stuff or government-driven stuff. Talk to me about reality and, and you know, this the street component of, of what a, a crash might be. And, well, and most, you know, savvy investors, they look forward to those opportunities and they have money put aside, whether it's cash on hand or uh, a home equity line of credit sitting there waiting for you to use. If there is a quote-unquote crash... That's when you jump in and buy something. That's how I bought my condo in Florida. Right. Tons of people made money on that. And what year was that now? 2008? 2007? When the U.S. had their... Ago. 2008 was the crash. That was the... Yeah. Um, recession. Now... We're never going to see anything like that in Canada, okay? Uh, uh, the banks are are just too solid and the government, whether or not their programs and now their regulations have balanced that out, I don't know. But um, And Canadians are just a little bit more, the average Canadian is a little bit more cautious with money. I don't know if they are. And, well, I we can talk about that, but... Um, so when I bought my place in Florida, bought it from the government because the bank that held the mortgage on it foreclosed. The bank foreclosed. So the owner of this condo foreclosed with the bank. Mm -hmm. Then the bank foreclosed and the government took it over. The government's bank right. took it over and that's who I bought it from. Right. On the condo was still almost $300,000 owing on it. Crazy. I paid 70 grand. Yeah. And it was just two years later. They paid 282,000 for it in 2005 or six. Two years later, I bought it for 25% of that. If that ever happened here, I would just gobble up everything I possibly could. My uncle bought 
I want to say three or four units at that time in our complex. He bought some for 35, 40,000 bucks because people were, they couldn't pay the mortgage and then they realized now they owe $300,000 on something that's worth 50 and they're just walking away from it. But what ended up happening is now nobody could get mortgages. So everybody was renting. Right. So a lot of foreign investors bought up these properties for pennies on the dollar and now became landlords. So my uncle was getting about a thousand to twelve hundred bucks a month for this unit that he paid thirty five thousand dollars for. His carrying costs uh, were about five six hundred bucks. So he's cash flow positive every year. Yeah, I don't remember the exact math, but let's say five six thousand bucks on each of the units. So for his hundred and forty thousand dollar investment on buying four of them. He was making, you know, I don't know, 20, 25,000 bucks a year. Yeah. Kudos to him for seeing the opportunity. He sold them. Oh, too early? No. Oh, recently? Yeah, within the last couple of years. Oh, so how much did he make on them? So he spent about five to 10 grand each, changed floors, painted them, basic stuff. One of them he sold for seven. The, the lowest one was 70,000. Mm-hmm. And I think the highest was about 85. Mm-hmm. They've since come up a little bit. So, but you know, with the Canadian dollar, you got to pick your poison a little bit um, because your maintenance costs and all of that um, are, are getting high. But yeah, made a few hundred grand. Crazy. Here, we got to wrap this up. I got an appointment in 40, 38 minutes. What kind of house are you showing today? It's a beauty. It's um, over just over 3,000 square feet. And Aaron Mills backs on to um, Creek. It has, so it's a really big lot. It needs some work. It's dated, but it's big. And it has a very functional layout that hopefully will be suitable for these clients. And how much is it priced at? 1.7, 1, 1.698. So there's room, you spend two, 300 grand on it. Exactly. And you've got probably a $2.3 million house. Exactly. Immediate return on your investment. Yeah. Better than an RSP, huh? Yeah. Okay. Quick, quick, quick. I know we got to wrap it up and uh, uh, we've had a good chat here today. Money saving tips? For everybody. Let's talk about everybody, not just first-time home buyers. Life is expensive right now. We want you to invest in more real estate. I'm very frugal. You are so, fucking cheap. So I'm not cheap. There's a difference. I'm frugal. And so, you know, I think a lot of the practices that I do. What are I you frugal do, in? Frugal in the sense that you're, I think you're cautious of what you're spending on, but you're not cheap. Like I drive a nice car. Now? Yes, but even still, it was a, still a nice car. Like, you know, it's not a, a beater or like a piece of shit. Like, it still was my Acura TLX. It was a nice vehicle, all-wheel drive V6. Like, you know, nice car. Um, But little things like um, drinking. If you really want to save money, cut back on drinking. So it gets very expensive. I know people are spending three, four, five, six, seven hundred $700 a month on booze. Uh, start making lunches. You know, people drinking that much every month? It doesn't take much. Wow. I thought I was high at like 200 a month. 
There's no way you're only 200 a month. Yeah. Two, two to 250 on average. Well, and I, that includes the cottage, which just. I'd have to see what I'm at. I, I generally, I don't drink during the week. I'll have a bottle or two of wine on the weekend. And I'm even Wine's gonna, expensive, man. Well, that's the thing. It's like yeah. 15 bucks, 13 bucks a bottle on the cheap side. But I found some that are nice go-tos in that price range. Yep. Um, but anyways, even that adds up. But that, eating out, those are the big ones. And then we need to get on board with this um, thing we were going to do with getting people to cut their monthly expenses down. It's yes. so easy. Well, we gave that challenge, right? $100 a month? Well, we didn't really do. We need to. I think it's easy for people to save 100 bucks a month. So my biggest money-saving tip is actually, and you should listen to this tip. Okay, go. You need to know where your money is being spent, first yes, of all. That's yes. the number one rule is sit down and look over the last 90 days and write down literally every single line of where your money was spent. Stop using cash. Categorize it. Never, ever, ever use cash unless you don't want your spouse to know about it. No, I'm just joking, <laughs> but not really. Um, visa, use your visa. Collect your points. Or if you're bad at visa, use your debit card. Just... No, no. Be disciplined. Use your visa, okay, collect but, your points, pay it before the statement date is due so you're not paying your yes, interest on it. Shut up and let me I finish agree. my tips. <laughs> okay? okay? Number one rule, know where your money is being spent. Spend all of your money using your credit card so you're collecting points. We just booked our trip to uh, St. John's, Newfoundland. It didn't cost, it cost us 68 bucks for the two of us for the entire trip, hotel and uh, flights, because we pay for everything on credit. That's correct. But we also pay it before the statement date is due. That's correct. Because you don't want to get dinged on interest. That's correct. And you want to maintain your low balance. However. And good credit. So now if you know where all of your money is being spent and you categorize it, you will very quickly find where your holes are. And you can look at it and ask yourself, was this a necessary spend? How much money am I spending at Tim's or at Starbucks or on fast food or on at the LCBO? How much am I spending on car washes? Like, is it necessary? Right. Uh, how much am I spending on food? Uh, whatever. Know where the money's being spent and then just literally cross some of them out and say, I am not going to spend that anymore. Add those all up and start an automatic savings plan where that exact amount of money is now being directed into somewhere else that you're not going to touch it. Great tip. And then use and that easy money to do. and then call me. Because we're going to use that money to invest in some kind of real estate here in the province of Ontario that's going to return you a great percentage on that investment. Maybe with like within an hour drive of the GTA. Even if it's three hours. <laughs> I mean, because you're saying we're going to. I don't mind if, if somebody wants me to drive a little extra uh, to help them get into the market. All right. I'll, um, I'll give them your number. We certainly can hook them up with Steve Bruman here on the team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because I was chatting with my sister-in-law, who's a real estate agent in Huntsville, and she uh, she did a shout out to a post of a real estate agent in Niagara. Yeah. 
uh, saying, well, it's not competition. I'm going to give you, tag you in something. And then that realtor wrote back and said, thanks. I've never got so much engagement from anybody tagging me in something. Thank you so much. And then she's, and then she reposted it and said, if you're looking to buy in Huntsville, call me this Niagara agent. Right. So this Niagara agent is willing to drive from Niagara all the way to Huntsville. I'm like, you're crazy. Instead of having, instead of referring it, take care of that one. She doesn't know probably anything about the market. Yeah. You got to, as a realtor, you got to know the market you're buying and selling and you got to go. Thank you uh, for tuning in and listening or watching episode 67. Um, Again, Spotify sounds great. Ian's doing a great job of making us sound good. Uh, YouTube, subscribe. We got some killer Can we videos use auto-tune? right now. Auto tune to make our voices sound better. Welcome. Yeah, let's get it definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some killer videos coming down the line. Uh, we just posted one with Joanna from Nesting Story that you got to check out. If you don't subscribe, you're going to miss out on them. Um, iTunes, just follow the podcast wherever you're listening to and uh, keep listening. Keep throwing those suggestions out to comment, comment, and send us any questions. Thank you. It's episode 67 of KT Confidential.